0: News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan.
1: Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning.
2: I'm Alan Gilbreth with DarkHookMedia.com. And I'm Maximilian,
3: and it's the big one, folks. Happy <laughs> Mango Day. Mango Day.
2: Okay, you that's have the no big idea day. how happy that makes me. Alan, uh, what did you what did you do to oh, mark the occasion? There there, there, there will be many mango products produced this afternoon. Okay, when I get home. Yeah,
1: that's the biggie. Yeah, uh, right, I, Max. Man, okay, love it. <laughs> international or national? I always lose track of these. Just Mango Day, kid. Okay, Max. I, I gotta ask, who sets? Who who's in charge of setting an international day of anything? I mean, what's the approval process? We that's the research you need to do because. I submit we could we could just come up with whatever days we want, Alan, and who's to say do. we can't? Okay. Yep. <laughs> all right. We're going to look into that. If anybody out there's got answers, I mean, hey, I'm all for celebrating the noble mango, but, I mean, it's getting a little out of hand now, so...
2: No, no, it's getting to be a smoothie
1: now. Okay. Hey, if you have any thoughts about this controversial topic, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. We also, uh, you know, if you want the full Tool Talk radio experience, or at least a experience, uh, you can run over to the News Talk 98.9 The Roar Facebook page and watch the... uh, Watch the show unfold. The cameras are on. I'm
3: not sure that's an experience that I want. Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah.
1: Thanks, Max. So, uh, do that, and then after you do that, go over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page where uh, we've got three posts up there. Alan, we have um, we have our must have item of the week. We have for our great moments in building history. We're gonna we're gonna throw the French a little love. They've had a pretty tough month. Uh, and so we're going to talk about. I mean, what else are we going to talk about? The Eiffel Tower. We've skirted around the issue in the past. I mean, we've we've discussed it. What is the word tangentially in the past? Uh, well, so.
2: Mansoor Eiffel was involved in a lot of projects. Oh yeah, he he he's definitely
1: a noteworthy person in history. But we're gonna just we're gonna focus our attention on the Eiffel Tower today. Uh, also, if you scroll down just a little bit, you will see another post, Alan. We have a follow up report coming. Um, about those two transformer statues in Georgetown, yes. We There, there's been a development, and we are going to be joined by guest, course, guest geek authority <laughs> and correspondent Jay Hill. With, okay. bi- <laughs> I,
2: I like how you got geek authority out with a straight face. I almost said that with yeah. a straight
1: face. Well, you know, we've been trying for a while. Okay, for one thing, it's it's tough getting G, uh, getting Jay Hill on the air, but uh, we've been wanting to get him involved in a in a geek discussion because as as Listeners know the guy's he's a great guy, but he has no geek blood within him. I want to see I, him really commit to the bit today. I hope he does, but this one I think you don't have to know a lot about the Transformers to have an opinion about this story. So this
2: is more about urban planning and historic districts. Yeah,
1: he can he can get involved in this and it's just gonna be fun. So but Jay Hill's coming in uh, shortly, Alan. And then of course, obviously he's been a busy man with all of these storms, Ooh, yes, which yes. Alan, uh, <laughs> according to Alan's week in review, it looks like you've been doing a lot of chainsaw gardening. Absolutely. Like the rest of Memphis, I mean, what oh, is going on with gosh. this weather? They they said this week was uh almost down to the day we had another almost Hurricane Elvis. It was the are down to the uh, it was the 20th anniversary of Hurricane Elvis. Yes. What is it? July 22nd and yep. boom, July 19th we got hit with another and it lasted about 15 minutes, but it, it just left a path of destruction. Yeah, if you thru- were throwing
2: us. darts, it was close enough to the bullseye. Yeah, yeah so
1: but... we're going to obviously be discussing that. It's kept all of us busy, including including you and Jay uh, in particular. So we've got uh, we've got a lot of stuff. Of course, we have our must-have item of the week. We've got quite a bit to get to. But, Alan, um, before we get to any of that, mm. um, we're all about solutions here, uh, <laughs> right? I mean, no, don't, you know, that's... don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> Uh, aside for Max's contributions, which are just you know mm. fluff, but uh, hey, you know I was thinking about this. Okay, we're driving all over town, and folks, I don't know, you know, because I know we have listeners outside of Memphis, but there is there is sort of an issue when you live in a in a in a zone where there are a lot of trees close to power lines. I mean, let's just face it; that's a recipe for power outages. They're going to fall. It's we're we're you know Memphis is one of the most fertile places I've ever lived, Alan. I mean. It's a it's a losing battle trying to keep the tree limbs away from the wires so mm-hmm. is i know on newer constructions and i know in newer neighborhoods they they basically bury the power lines right and um i know there's been talk in the past that you can't just retroactively go and bury power lines in um older older parts of town because there's then it creates its own issues but maybe there's a hybrid solution i wanted to throw one at you and and, and pick your brain on this so let me see what you think of this. So, okay. What if we imagine this, folks? Okay, let's let's maybe we start with the worst hit neighborhood. Pick those neighborhoods that are always losing power. What if instead of having the power lines up on t- on poles, they were buried with it? Maybe you expand the size of the curbs. Maybe the curbs become a little taller and a little wider and you have them basically hollowed out and you have uh, they'd be reinforced, of course, and you run the wires through there. Maybe, and then, of course, you know, they'd have to be buried under driveways and stuff, but it would be accessible if you had to work on it, and yet it would be, you'd avoid tree limbs knocking them down, Alan. uh, So that's that's my pitch. What do you think of that, man?
2: Well, you know, this is one of those issues where if you've been any place that has underground wiring, Right looks a little weird because we're used to seeing towers and poles.
1: Yeah, I don't miss it, though. (laughs) Well, you know,
2: of different parts of the country for different reasons, either went above or below ground. Mm -hmm. And if you're in an area, and I'll pick on, like, outside in West Texas, there are a few municipalities out there that, from the very beginning, opted for below ground power. Right. So that was just how we did it. A question, though.
1: When you say below ground, how far below and how do you access it if you have to work on it? Like, Because I've seen them tearing up streets and things like that when they have to get to – and, I, I, of course, they can flood. They, can, they create their own issues.
2: Uh, nothing is without an issue. Okay. Yeah, We'll just say that. There is no silver bullet answer. So you have to design based on where you are. Right. So if you are in a semi-desert condition – uh, you need to be 18, 24, maybe even 36 inches underground, not because of a freeze line, but because of a dry line.
1: Oh, it'll bake those wires and stuff. Well,
2: not necessarily bake them, but the dirt itself will move away from the pipes. Ah, and I'll explain okay. a little more of that when we come back.
1: Okay. Well, uh, but, but you know, my, my system that I envision mm. is more or less you would have access panels. Of course, they'd be well secured, so no kids are opening them up or something but uh, they'd be, if uh, to me it solves a, an issue because it's it's technically above ground but it's not so above ground that tree trees are hitting it and everything and i don't know i like my idea and plus you know we you, can you
2: don't have a bad idea it's just gotta it's got a few tweaks
1: we're gonna flesh it out and of course we'd love our listeners to weigh in on this and this hot topic mm-hmm. you're listening to tool talk radio we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back
0: Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Good news, everyone. I'm in terrible pain. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis.
1: <laughs> Don't blame us. And we'll come back to Tool Talk Radio coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Woodturning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from DarkOakMedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. And it was inevitable, Alan. You know we're going to be hearing Professor Farnsworth rejoiners now. I mean, once once Max gets a hold of things. So. Well, I thought, I thought Gets was... a hold of things. I've had a hold of things from the get-go. Well, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised what, you've waited this long. I mean... You know, Matt, Max is a Matt Groening, you know, oh, aficionado. I, it, and so.
2: I, I'm down there with him. It's all right. Okay. Like Farnsworth and I went to high school together. Oh, what yeah. What if you want?
1: <laughs> Well, if you, uh, you want to weigh in, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. We also invite you to watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio Cams at the News Talk 98.9, the ROAR Facebook page. And if you do... You will notice that another individual got here. He's early. Um, <laughs> I had to run to the door during the break. Al, I'm out of wind. But uh, you will notice uh, our good our good buddy Jay Hill. With Big oh, there we go with his own walk up music. Thanks to Max. Yeah, oh, man, uh, Jay. Uh, we we uh, we're glad you're here today. We figured you're probably really busy. Um, I am. with 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 uh, all of the uh, needs of you know with. Uh, all the storms everything that's rolled through but uh we're in the middle of a discussion were you listening i was okay yes because uh before we talk because we're obviously going to talk to jay about uh his work this week but jay before we get to that did you hear my idea for basically if you're just tuning in folks you know we're all about solutions here on tool talk radio and i i don't know that i'm the first one to think of it i think i'm sure many people have alan you said they do a variation of this in in texas but you know we for years, how long have we been watching? You know, power lines. The trees get close to them; they fall down. It's like a it's just a big ongoing problem. So, a lot of places bury their power lines, and we know that you can't just go retroactively and just bury all the power lines in the older parts of town because that creates its own problem. So, my my idea was, what if we? revamp the way we do our curbs and run power lines like we hollow out the curbs make them slightly taller slightly wider and run the wires through there and then when you get to a driveway you basically go underground so I don't know if that idea is as wacky as it sounds, but I thought you know you could still access the wires if you had to work on them. It's literal curb appeal. Curb appeal. There you go. And it's and we would know where they're at. No, they're that's not,
3: a, that's the name of the operation for um, uh, executing this plan. It's oh, operation op-
1: curb appeal. There you go. Okay, Max, I'll give you that one. That's a good one. I like that. So so we're roundtabling it. You know, we we just want and we would love our listeners' thoughts too. But Jay, what's your gut? What's your hot take on something like that or an approach? You know, it's like a hybrid approach. You could say.
4: Yeah, I, I'm i still not really fully getting what you're saying, uh, you know, like having a hollow curb is what it sounds mm-hmm. like, and having the wiring through there, that sounds like it's a problem, just right off of Jump Street, just saying. Talk to me. Well, I, it just sounds <laughs> like it is. I mean, it's right there. I think about when it rains and the water and all of that. Well, I'm uh, talking
1: about sealed. It would still be sealed, but... I get it until it um, breaks until somebody drives over the curb. And, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> well,
4: I, I was Dude. I was listening to the, the MLG uh, W director the other day talk about you know because so many people were so irate. Mm. He said, hey, why don't we just bury all this? You know, moving yeah. forward. And He said, "Yeah, we can do that. If it's Eighty billion dollars. Right? We can do that." So I don't know how much cheaper it is to do what you're talking about, but if I was going to Move it from where it was, I, I'd get it on down a little further than the curb, but that's just on the surface. I, I don't know anything about that. I'm not an electricity aficionado, but if right. I was going to spend that type of money, now you could say moving forward, new code would be, and you know, then eventually, some at some point in time, you could work on some of the older infrastructure while you're building the new one. That might make some sense. Um, but that's just again my opinion
1: i don't think you know i was just in harbortown i was just working there this weekend In harbortown we what is that 25 to 30 years old 25 ish okay and all their stuff's underground although Mm -hmm. occasionally they still lose power but i mean so that's not even that new of a of a neighborhood but it seems like these days they all they bury them all well if if we're
4: going to reach for the stars why don't we just bluetooth power moving forward
1: well, that's what Tesla wanted to yeah, do. Well, yeah, yeah,
2: well <laughs> Do that, but I mean, some, well, some of the smaller cities in Florida, especially in the Keys, you get around Palm Beach and Coral Gables and that kind of stuff, uh, they they actually go 36 to 48 inches down. Yeah. Because they don't want flooding and stuff like that to wash it out during a big storm. Uh, but they also know that the poles and the towers are very much at risk during the high winds. Mm-hmm. Now, some of our problem in a lot of cities, Memphis and others like it. I'm not just going to pick on Memphis. Right. Of, is the fault of the landscapers 30, 40, 50 years ago. Oh,
1: I think I know where you're going.
2: Of, you know, it looked beautiful to put that little row of pine trees over there, so it would hide those ugly power lines. <laughs> well, forty years later, you got forty-foot yellow pines that bend, snap, twist, right. and take out power lines.
3: Yeah, would this qualify as a thirty years of stupid? What's that? Uh, uh,
2: yes, yes, Ooh. it does. Looks like a loose nail. Yeah, hey, <laughs> one out of twenty-five. Why five, do you BK? do that, <laughs> Alan?
0: <allergies? laughs> you don't
5: have any. I haven't used it in a while.
1: Okay, thanks. Nope. Ah! How
5: many times do we
0: have to teach you this lesson, old man? What do you think of the house that love built?
1: Okay. Oh, you know, Max never misses an opportunity he to derail a, a meaningful conversation. Okay, good for you, Max. You got to push the button. You are welcome. So, all right, but Alan, um, now well, I already lost track of what you were well, saying. We, but, we've, yeah.
2: we've talked about urban planning in the past, especially when purchasing a new home or looking at a new neighborhood or of uh, you're moving to a new city mm-hmm. you know these are things that you do sort of need to take into consideration of uh, one lesson i learned from my father a billion years ago was he said always always when you're moving to a new city drive to work and drive home before you move there
1: oh and I get was a sense like, of yeah i that's didn't a good like point. well i
2: didn't really get it and he goes where's the sun Yeah. Because if you move, you know, where your job is, you know, when you're moving to that city because of a new job, where that where you got to drive to every day makes a big difference. Are you driving with the sun in your eyes?
1: That's a good point. Every
2: morning and every evening coming, you know, coming and going to and from work. So one of his big criteria was what am I going to be driving through to get to my job? Okay, And that has a lot to do with water, creeks, bridges of... Are you in one of those beautiful... And I actually almost moved into one. One of these beautiful pastoral subdivisions that, honest to goodness, had one two-lane bridge in and out of it.
1: Okay. Wait, what does this have to do with wires? Because
2: the wires came by that bridge, too. So you had one point of failure. Okay. And... If the creek rose, and it did, there went your power, and there went your bridge. So you were trapped in the subdivision with no power and no way in or out if you didn't have a boat. Maybe that's... These things all kick in to that urban planning and how you're getting your power in and out, because technology is changing. You know, we can now start looking forward to a smart grid.
6: That's or maybe even like. a modular
2: yeah. grid, and how? And I also want to throw in. Don't forget one of our other favorite topics: How would a house battery totally change the electrical landscape? Because we all know those are coming too. We, there, it, we have them now.
1: I think we still need to address though wire. I mean, like perfect example. One, my next door neighbor had a, about I don't know four or five years ago had a tree limb that fell and knocked the wire over, and mm-hmm. it knocked out, I want to say, about 500 homes. Mm-hmm. One wire, one fall. Yes. Well, that seems like a real design flaw, Jay. I don't know. I mean, we need—I I guess the grid—you I. You talked about a smart—I don't know. It's easy for us to—I know all of this costs money, but I feel like it's, it's going it, to— We live in the South. This is going to be a problem until it's addressed. So maybe it has to just be piecemeal. Some of these problems, they could take 20 years to resolve, but wouldn't it still be better to resolve them in 20 years than to just, you know, I mean.
2: Well, in 2017, the estimate to really get going on underground wiring in Memphis was around $3 billion.
4: But do we have to I can't even
2: imagine what it would be like today. No, it is. The figure
4: I gave you was from directors at Gowan. Yeah. uh, Was $60 billion. Yeah, well they said
2: just to start. In 2017 yeah, I mean, was 60, 3 billion.
4: Unbelievable amount of money.
2: I still think there's other
1: options, but there, there isn't just the A and B option. I think there's well, I
4: think it's moving options. forward with, right. with new projects and new code. That's the way to start. I don't think we're ever going to be in a position as a a county, as a city or a municipality, however you want to look at it, yeah, to invest that type of money. He went on to say that that would affect everybody's light bill right now mm-hmm. two and a half times of what it is right now and their survey he said that everybody said hey i would pay another 50 60 a month no problem in a in a, in a, a, a real survey but nobody said hey I, i'll give instead of 250 a month i'll give you know, 750 a month yeah uh, but, and that's that's the real cost it would take to do that well so,
2: and the other thing people are are You know, you're feeling the inconvenience of a storm, and the trees are down, and you got to get the chainsaws and clean all this stuff up, and then the municipality's got to fix the wires or whatever. Burying a retrofitting is massively invasive. Yeah,
1: Yeah, well, that's true, too. They're going to be
2: digging up your yard. They're going to be digging up your driveway. They're going to be rerouting things. A lot of times, places, you don't want them routed.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. I still... I still think there's a solution. Oh,
2: there is. There is going forward, but it's... They're also... Yeah, they're also
4: talking about the trees just being, you know, obviously just a part of that problem. That's a big part of the problem. But the old really... Everything from the poles to the, the grids to the transformers to all those things, we've kind of let them go is what I'm hearing. Okay. So we've, we've got to work on getting some of that stuff kind of the yard.
1: Okay. Well, we'll change gears, and uh, we're going to find out how, this, uh, how all of these storms affected Jay Hill when we come back here on Tool Talk Radio.
0: Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Good news, everyone! Someone's home is on fire! News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. And, <laughs> and welcome back to uh,
1: Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Woodturning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling hotline at 901-683-0989. and we also invite you to watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio cams. You can watch those if you go over to the uh, News Talk ninety eight nine The Roar Facebook page and uh, see what the show looks like. I mean, you know, knock yourself out if you want to see what uh, we look like on the uh, on the, while we're doing this show. You know, it's interesting enough, but don't, if you're don't do it.
4: Yeah, <laughs> don't,
1: don't do it. <laughs> if you're driving, though, by all means, don't do that. <laughs> and then uh, afterwards, uh, scoot on over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and uh, check out the uh, all the action over there. Uh, we've made several posts, so and uh, as you can hear, we're joined by our good buddy Jay Hill with Big M Roofing and Remodeling uh, here in the house. And Jay, it, well, apparently it looks like you're. Uh, uh, I was hoping you'd stick around, but you got here early, and that's because you got to scoot out of here at nine, right? So yeah, somewhere around there. Okay, so hey, uh, Max. I know we have a caller on the line, but can you ask him uh, to hold on just a minute because um, uh, we want to get to we, Jay. We want to talk about kind of what you've been doing this week because I, I, what, what is life like for Jay Hill when we get a storm? <laughs> when we get storms like this, I mean, well, that depends on whether or not we've got power
4: or not. You know, whether or not yeah. our, our 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 help, our employees, if they have power. I mean, every day has been a challenge. A lot of times it's been hour to hour. You, you just don't know um, because just when, as everybody is, you know, well aware of by now, just when you think that you're about to, you know, put the last Band-Aid on, on what you had going on, here comes a whole new uh, trip and fall. Yeah. And, you know, you start all over again, uh, and it's, it's chaotic. Um, I don't know uh, a contractor, especially a roofing or a, you know, tree contractor that's just not absolutely slammed. And as much as we pride ourselves on being exterior specialists, you know, we're really uh, in a position right now where we're having to concentrate just on roofs and roof repair. Uh, Everything else is secondary to that as long as water is not intruding the home, which, again, 85 90% of that is going to be from either that tree falling Hitting, uh, hitting your uh, hitting your roof and then coming in from there. But just absolutely killed. Uh, the insurance adjusters are slammed with caseloads, you sure. know, that they're next to a um, – really, f- for what they've got staffed in a particular area, it's, it's kind of like uh, one of the major hurricanes down in the Gulf, you know, on our scale. Right. In other words, we only have so many people here. And they're not, they're not deploying a whole lot of more people here. But now they're having to get some more up here, and it's not uncommon for a homeowner to, you know, to call a, a, an insurance company and they say, "Look, man, could could you take the pictures? Could you, you know, write us a narrative and all that?" And some people can, and some people can't. Um, but uh, there's just a lot going on right now. It's pretty pretty nuts out there.
1: Well, Jay, you know, and folks, if you're new to uh, Tool Talk Radio, you should know one of the one of the great things with Jay Hill is he's a former insurance agent. And Jay, I get the sense that. This is – situations like this are really right in your wheelhouse. I know you don't sleep much because you you're going to be running around and busy during these times, but it really seems like you're the one of the most well-equipped uh, contractors I know to deal with this stuff. You really understand the full
4: picture here. So, I mean – Yeah, we, we, we think we do. I mean, uh, everything is, you know, is it, changing in so many ways. I remember a day and a time, and I'm just going to talk about 10 years ago – where What we do from an insurance perspective was i mean it's just it was old hat I mean you knew what was going to happen before your adjuster got out there and you just knew what the outcome was going to be and as time has evolved, and so many insurance companies have you know paid claims for four roofs and because of the uh the magnitude of the weather that we've seem to have had over the last ten years i mean I don't think anybody can deny that we've got some. Some different type of weather today. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't understand it. I'm not going to take a political stance on it, but I'm going to say it seems a heck of a lot more intense to me. Um, so, having said all that, um, today is, is 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 not as predictable, and except for the fact that you're going to have to fight for everything that 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 you, that you need or that you think that uh, that that your policy is going to. Uh, gonna handle for you when it comes to a claim anymore. They've just gotten everybody has tightened up, um, and it doesn't matter what insurance company uh, it is. I mean, there are a few that are pretty much, yeah, all right, we get it. But those are the ones that hadn't been slammed as hard because they're you know niche companies and so on and so forth. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like when you go to the grocery store. Uh, you know we we used to have full service grocers and you could talk to people and they're going to bag your groceries and they're going to take them to the car and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Now, pretty soon, I think we're going to be growing our vegetables. We're going to package them. We're going to take them to the store. (laughs) We're going to go in and buy them. So you you get what I'm saying.
1: Well, Jay, let's, let's just, uh, so let's suppose we got a listener out there and they've, they wake up and they're like, what is that thing on the corner of my roof? Or what is that? Why? I I just had a, uh, a limb land on my, on the top of my house, or I don't know what, problem's going to happen next time it rains what what should they do basically because i mean if they're going to call you i I always say you know err on the side of caution and get in touch with jay but yeah
4: for now what you're going to do is 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 you're going to just pay attention to what your ceilings look like uh and if you know if it's not a finished area and you've got an attic that you can get up to safely and take a look you know a lot of times a tree limb will We'll actually gouge that deck and go through the shingles and it makes sense and you'll see water coming in if you don't see it there and if it's bad enough you know it'll show on a ceiling from inside the home that's where you really need to get something done now when I, when this settles down a little bit you know you might want to say you know what we've had a lot of storms here in the last you know blah 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 time and i think it's time for me to get a roof inspection and let's come out and take a look because you've got up to two years with all companies really to make, uh, I'm sorry, up to a year okay. to make a claim, up to two years to actually get the work finished, uh, started and finished. Okay, So, um, you know, at that point in time when things settle down a little bit and everybody's not running around handling emergencies, which is pretty much what we're still doing right now then that's what I would do. I'd get a roof inspection and I'd say, what is the state of what I've got going on? Because I could always go back to that storm date that was June 26th, for instance, if that's what I needed to do.
1: Jay, I seem to remember talking to you about, you know, a situation we had, because like I said, we had limbs falling on our Mm. house at one point. And I thought you told me, before you take any of that stuff down, take pictures and video of everything you can, right? I mean, document as much as we can we all have a camera on our phone there's no reason not to so.
4: absolutely you know and we don't realize it's like when we buy a home when we sign any kind of document you know take on insurance is taking on insurance a uh, uh, policy is, is a cl- classic example but within that policy of all that stuff that we didn't read because if you read it all you'd never sign it right it says in there that you have a duty and responsibility as a policyholder to mitigate any type of damages, any type of thing that, that comes. Or you, you could be held liable, okay? Right. So always cover your hiney, as, as, yeah. we, as we say, mm-hmm. and make sure that you take photographs, that you don't try to do anything that you know you're not qualified to do. And again, typically, uh, you know, we're going to be those people that can kind of help guide you through that stuff. Uh, Most people, again, generally are never going to have to replace a roof unless you stay in a home for 50 years or so. Uh, Most people move quicker than that has to happen for them, for instance, okay? Um, But if you do have to uh, replace a roof or you do have storm damage, it has never been more important, in my opinion, to have somebody that actually has been through this literally thousands of times help you navigate through that because there is so much to know, typically, again, you know, an adjuster says to you, Mister Thorson, uh, this is what we found. This is what we're going to pay. And if you're not in the trades, if you don't understand any of this stuff, ninety-five percent of folks are going to sh- get that hinge going and say, "Yes, sir. Thank you very much." And you're going to take that. But that's not the gospel. Typically, the way I like to get people to, to to think about that is is that that's a place to start, right? Because an adjuster can only pay for what he can see. And a lot of times, storm damage. They're moving quick, you know, the adjuster. They've got a big caseload. He's going to pay for what he can see, and he's going to tell your contractor and going to tell you, hey, listen, we find other things as we go along. Just have your contractor file a supplement. And you're going, a what?
1: No, you need an advocate. That's why, Jay, you're basically like the free. I mean, and i the consultation's free. It's nuts not to, you, you got to call, you know. How do they get in touch with you, Jay? By the way, we haven't given out your contact. Well, so. I appreciate
4: it. Yeah, it's 901- 484-5645. That's 901-484-5645. And you can always, of course, go to our website, BigMRoofingAndRemodeling.com, which has got all our credentials, a lot of pictures a galleries showing some of the work that we've done and the things that we do uh, in terms of trades. And, again, we, we typically concentrate on exterior trades. Right. Um, where the homeowner doesn't necessarily have to be there to complete some of this work if they're working outside the home or so on and so forth. Uh, but even some of that, we've had to put on pause here, at least for the next week or two, uh, just to kind of handle what we've got going on with the with, uh, with roofs and the severe damage with with roofs.
1: You know, Jay, listening to you, you remind me. It reminds me of the show Mash. You know how like basically their job was to patch up the soldiers as much as they could before they send them off to the to the hospital, right? In Seoul, Alan, and yep. and it's like a triage situation. I was going like, to say that you same have thing. To, roof you triage. To, yeah, you have to like okay, well. Right now, you've got a small hole. We're gonna send. A, we're gonna patch it up for now. Uh, we'll get back to you. When, it's basically you're just trying to until the next storm rolls in get it patched up and you have to prioritize everything so yeah
4: i I think that's the thing that that everybody should know joe you're exactly right if you've got some damage to the roof that you can visibly see your insurance company is going to pay for those emergency services to stop that yeah uh, stop that water from coming in your house or to prevent anything coming forth in other words the mitigation that we were talking about a minute ago so absolutely give us a call we'll help you out there just as quickly as we possibly can Cause there is a lot of that going on right now, and you know, as many roofs as we lay a year, I still can't believe how many old roofs, three-tab roofs, that are still out there that still need to be replaced. Oh yeah, yeah, and
1: because roofing technology technology has changed, these are roofing systems you're putting in, James. So, yeah, I mean, yeah,
4: yeah. They'll they'll last, you know, and and, and 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 there becomes a time where you have to stop throwing good money after bad. I believe, right. Uh And, you know, if you've got a three-tab roof that's 20, 25 years old, that time is now.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, don't
4: spend $500,000 to a repair that might last to the next storm, because that's about all it's going to last. Oh, yeah. yeah. These days, yeah.
1: Hey, uh, Jay, one more time. How do people get in touch with
4: Big M Roofing? 901-484-5645. You can get in touch with me at 901-484-5645, or, again, go to our website, uh, big M Roofing dot com. If you want to see anything about us.
1: Okay, so Jay, what are you doing when you get out of here today? So.
4: Well, just I got a lot of paperwork to be honest with you. We've <laughs> okay. we've taken on you know Memphis is a big rental market, and we uh, we took on a uh, a contract with the second largest rental uh, home rental company in the United States. Effectively has fifty-seven thousand homes in North America, of which five thousand two hundred of them are in the uh, Mississippi, Arkansas, uh, Tennessee, within fifty miles of here. There are thirty-seven hundred homes just right here in Memphis proper. Wow! And I've taken on all those repairs and trying to assess a good, and wow. we're, we're slammed. <laughs> but with all of those, you know, yeah. from 500 to $1,500, you know, in a lot of those repairs, there's a lot of paperwork and photos and things you have to substantiate. So that's keeping me hopping. I'm trying to bring some new people on board that can kind of help us process some of that stuff so I can continue to run my mouth, which is what most people think I do best. So,
1: so basically these days, <laughs> it's all about, uh, it's just all about roofing right now right i mean
4: right right now it is yeah about getting uh about getting power restored about getting trees uh and landscaping you know uh back the way it's supposed to be and and getting 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 your roof stopped stopping the water from coming in and intruding your home absolutely
1: okay all right well, uh, Jay, this is this is awesome, and um, man, <laughs> you're not going to sleep much these days, are you? That mean? Uh, no, actually, you when I do sleep, of- I sleep.
4: I sleep really good, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, but, but you're always thinking about, you know, what you couldn't get to. This is the first time in the uh, history of, of my business that I've had to back off of some things. It's not something that I ever saw myself doing. And if you're a business owner, you know what I'm talking about. And then, you know, you just have to, as you said, Joe, kind of triage that call. Right. You know, if you called me today and said, "Hey, Jay, I want to replace a couple windows," I just have to put you off. Yeah. You know, and say, you know, I'm not your guy for right now. I might can help you 90 days from now, but we've we've got some we've got some bigger fish to fry right now that that that, that we need to concentrate on. And 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 we started in the roofing business. And I'm not trying to discount the other services that we provide, but if you go into the hospital today and you got, you know, your heart feels a little funny, they're gonna move you in front of the guy with a finger that's dislocated. Yeah. And, and that's kinda you. where we are.
1: Okay. Hey, Max, uh, do we have time to get a call or do we do that after the break? So yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> I mean what do you I mean, we I don't mind. Maybe we could at least I'm gonna pitch the question and everything first. Okay.
1: All right. So uh who do we got on the line, Max? We got Tom on the line. Tom okay good morning
5: how's it going today
1: tom how's it going man do you have power
5: oh doing i I do have power absolutely i'm glad for the power (laughs) excellent
1: well well, how you doing today man
5: i'm doing fine i'm doing fine um i have a question i'm I, i have a uh chimney um and i'm not it's not a masonry chimney it's it's i live in a zero lot line house and i guess you'd call it maybe a you know a prefab chimney. It's a metal stainless steel pipe. You know coming up from the fireplace. Alan and the is not of it, yeah. <laughs> You know they put they put paneling on it. Right. And uh, the the paneling. I guess it's maybe I've been trying to think. It's about ten years old since you know the last repair. And you know they did a good job when they put you know put the panel replacements on there. But it just it has not held up like I was you know hoping thinking mm-hmm. expecting. And I'm I've been you know trying to do a you know a search of somebody you know that could uh replace that maybe that's their specialty or something and i'm i maybe i'm not thinking the right terms but i'm i'm just looking for some suggestions uh, you know maybe uh, options ceramics fiber cement vinyl something but i i don't know who might you know be a contact that that i could check with on that
1: well alan is not and i know the type you're talking about there tom those things yeah they don't hold up. You're asking a lot of that hardy board, Alan. To, to, well, up know. on a hot roof and
2: all well, that expansion actually, and contraction. Actually, Joe, hardy board is probably his answer.
4: It is his answer.
2: Uh, instead of using the fiber board masonite. that they keep putting up there, that masonite. Yet Jay and I are both nodding in total agreement here. Of right, I would go of instead of to the siding department with the f- fiber board of I would go sneak down the wall just a little bit and find the hardy board, which is a concrete product. Right. Okay. And that will hold up for years and years and years, and you can cut it with a jigsaw. You need a basically a masonry blade, and you can easily... Uh, uh, take the old pieces of masonite out, lay them down, use them as a pattern, catch you a new piece
4: of hardy board, and let
2: that, me, uh, Joe's, Joe's wasting his air. I, I
4: got a counterpoint, for, but go ahead, Jay. Tom, are you? are you looking for somebody to, to do that for you? Yes,
5: sir. I'm not particularly handy, and I really okay. don't want to get it. A, it's a rather steep roof, and I, sure. I'm kind of disinclined to go up there myself. Let,
4: let's, let's do this, and I know we talked last week, and, and you were most kind to understand kind of where we are. Uh, what yes, and, and, and without getting specific over the over the air, obviously, uh, at about mm, 9.15, if you will give me a call if you're available, let me get some particulars. I'll get somebody to come out and take a look. But based on what you said, Allen is absolutely dead on when they made those yes, repairs sir. in the past. They probably replaced it with Masonite, and Masonite's really just nothing but it's sawdust and glue. Uh, and sure. it's not as water resilient as as the new Hardy Border Cement Board is, and that's what you need to do moving forward to take care of this problem. We need to replace. Those those chimney planks with uh, with the uh, hardy plank and and paint it and and you won't you won't have any more problems and and uh, gotcha. my two cents just as the carpenter in this
1: conversation uh, Tom I was just going to say I think what also might be the problem is underneath it's one thing to put the hardy board on Alan but if they don't frame it properly and yes. if there's too much flexibility and caulk is breaking and and all that so I think maybe there was a failure in the way they framed it out as well so. Uh, I Jay will take care of that. That's you know. But yeah, what Tom, do you think, you, Tom, I you've think got my
4: number, right? Yeah. So, yes, sir. Yeah, Absolutely. just 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 call me. I, I'll be bowing out of here just right around nine o'clock, and just give me a call when I get a chance to get the truck, and we'll we'll move About forward 9-10. from there. Absolutely. Yes, yes sir. Well, thank
1: you guys. I appreciate
4: you're everything. You're welcome. I love, thank you. I
1: love this
0: show.
4: Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, Tom, you're show. the best.
1: Thanks, man. Okay, appreciate thank you. you calling it. in. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Wow. Okay. Right on. Uh, business being done right on the spot here on Tool Talk Radio. We're going to take a quick
0: break. We'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan.
5: Gonna paint your wagon, gonna paint it fine, gonna
1: use oil-based paint, cause the wood is pine.
0: News Talk
1: 98.9, the roar of Memphis. And once again, Max, I have to object, because, uh, you know, if you're painting outside, I am not a fan of oil-based paint, No, nope. Alan. I am you sorry. Grows mold. I don't care if it's pine or not, Jay, and I, that's the hill I'll die on. <laughs> don't roll your eyes at me. I'm a... <laughs> And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio. Coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios, I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer Carpentry and Woodturning. You're with my buddy Alan Gilbert from DarkOakMedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. And in the house is Jay Hill with Big M Roofing and Remodeling. As a matter of fact, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling hotline. 901-683-0989. And we also invite you to watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio Cams at the News Talk 98.9 The Roar Facebook page. And as well, go over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and check out the action over there. Well, Jay, uh, you're a popular fellow today. I guess we got another call on the line. Um, uh, Are they calling for Jay, Max? Yes. Okay, well, we'll just sit back here and let Jay handle it. (laughs) It's not
4: not a bondsman, is it? Okay, Okay. I think so.
1: All right, Uh, who's on the air, Max? Gloria. Lori, Lori, Alan, is it? Okay. Yes, our Lori, yes. Lori, talk to us. Is this our Lori? Good
6: morning.
4: Hey, Lori, so, how are you?
6: So, um, I'm good. Uh, so, a couple years ago, Jay actually redid my roof, full disclosure, and um, it with all the terrible weather we have had, I have had zero problems. <laughs> wanted to get that out. Ooh, good news. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> want, 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 wanted to get that out, you know, uh, early. Jay looks very relieved. Um, but, yes. But uh, what I was uh, I was talking to my mom uh, a couple days ago, and uh, she was uh, expressing concern because her roof was coming up on 18 years old. Oh, yeah. And she's like, well, I think I got a 20-year warranty. So I talked to her about GAS and all of the wonderful things. And she took it upon herself to go exploring because it's my mother. Yes. And... <laughs> She found a uh, product where they will come, it's a soy-based oil, I think, and they come and they treat the shingles on your roof, and it's supposed to extend the life of the roof with this product. Hmm. Have you heard of that? Is that a thing?
4: Wow, We have heard of it. Uh, it is not a thing for me, Lori. <laughs> um, it, it, <laughs> it's like a 1970s idea. Well, it's a ahead. Band-Aid. Now, right. we'll say this. There are solutions and remedies for staining and algae that we see predominantly on the north side of all of our slopes here in Memphis, which has got a lot to do with where we're situated with the equator. And it'll stain over time and we have a solution that you can spray on there wash off and it looks like you've got a new roof again that's one thing another thing if you've got an old roof and there's damage and it's just time so to to say that you're going to go out and basically spray some soybean stuff up there and it's, <laughs> it's going to last you know i it, it's not for me Lori. I, I wouldn't trust that but i do i i hear that it is available okay well that's okay. very diplomatic that, that,
6: that.
1: Hey Lori, we're coming up on the break. Uh, stay tuned, Lori, because I—you triggered me, and I want to respond to it when we come back, if you don't mind. So, but we all got right, you
6: guys. Have a great time! I'm thanks, gonna Lori. Listening and take right. care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Lori. Bye bye. You're
1: the best. Okay, uh, she triggered me, uh, like all good callers should, wow. uh, and we'll respond to that when we come back. Uh, you're listening to Tool Talk Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
0: News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk
1: Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Woodturning. You're with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we also invite you to watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio Cams if you run over to the uh, News Talk 98.9 The Roar Facebook page. After that, Alan, they can run over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and check out the uh, post that we've made. We made a post about our uh, great moments in building history, which is coming up, which is, I mean, it's low hanging fruit, but hey, it's an important structure. It We've is. talked about it off and on before, which is the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. It's nice to talk about something that pretty much you can imagine most people at least know something about. They at least know what it looks like. You've you seen don't have it to really
2: movie. You've
1: seen it on a postcard. Right. You've seen it. Um and uh before the break we had our good buddy Jay Hill with Big M roofing and remodeling in the house, but he had to run off. He's got more work to do in this in, whenever there's a crisis like this with weather and everything, he's he's pretty busy. So and he took
3: the callers with him, but.
1: and he took yeah. We had caller, but uh, J- hey, before the break, uh, one of our caller, uh, we had Lori call in about uh, a question for her mother regarding this soybean spray-on, whatever. And uh, we spent the last two minutes during the break Googling this uh, stuff. And so now we are 100% (laughs) well-versed and we're authorities now on this spray. So, Alan, um, So it's basically like some sort of clear coat that you spray on your roof. Mm -hmm. Is this worth the money? Well, I mean, Jay Jay very politely said this isn't a service they offer. Well, and then I, he stormed I, I, out of here. But uh. well,
2: according, well, according to their their information here, okay, it is basically going to help restore the
1: asphalt.
2: However, it, however what does it do?
1: Like by moisturizing it, or because it's an oil?
2: It, it it's it's an oil based product, and it's going to get in there, and it's going to help extend the life of the roof a little bit. But when the the key phrase here is extend the life.
1: Not fix so the roof. So,
2: it's not going to put granules back on your roof. It's not. So, if you have reached the point in wear and tear or damage or age. Right. That the roof, it's it's time for a new roof. Then, well, guess what, guys? It's time for a new roof. Yeah. Uh, now, there are a lot of products out there that at least do no harm. hmm You know, whether or not how successful they are at their claims, eh. You know, some people like them, some people don't.
1: My my question, Alan, would be if you if you have what if what if somebody has this and they put it on a roof? What if they, you know, and they put it on a roof that's only a few years old? Because they're like, well, I'm going to just do this because it'll
2: add to the even. Well, to me, that would void the warranty, wouldn't it? Uh, that would I, be between you and your and I'd your have roofing to to whether or not they're chemically compatible.
1: My in, my first gut reaction to this because I said this triggered me, Alan. And, and doing woodworking, I mean, I, we have we have we have some little teak pieces of furniture that go outside, right. and uh, those things, you know, really, they you've seen what they look like if they're out in the rain and in the sun. And even if you put like uh, you know linseed oil, or if you oil them, up, it that only lasts so long. It, right. you, if you took a little table and put it outside, even after oiling, it's it, you might get three or four months out of that before it dries it out again. So what does it do how long could this actually preserve Exactly? I, that, I just think it might be a waste of money and you know I don't I'm, you know, not I don't know any I don't, I'm more not about to, the
2: product. I look at it and go, I think at the best it can do no harm. Okay. So. But
1: uh hey Max, somebody texted in earlier what Well, this they, isn't a waste
3: of money. Someone oh, okay. talked about I'm um, a. Uh, their name is Joe. Let's see if we can get more Joe's on the
0: line. Oh, is this is gonna be another yeah. another
3: Joe Day. Okay. All right. There's an emergency house battery now called EcoFlow, and there's some great videos on YouTube about it, and you use that instead of a generator.
1: Instead, okay. Hey, hey, Alan, I think you sort of touched on this earlier, So, because we, we always talk about the house batteries. My The way I visualize a house battery in the future is more or less the way we, you know, I've always said it's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. the laptop computer, you charge up the battery, you may unplug your laptop and just run off the battery for a while and... Uh, maybe we'll do the same thing with our homes, where it lessens the uh, you know your utility bill. Is this along those lines? You think, or well,
2: there is a growing number of products coming out, and EcoFlow is one of the brands. Okay, and they offer everything from a portable, like you're going to go camping, mm-hmm. eight hundred to a thousand dollars. And then the batteries get bigger and more expensive from there. So, yeah, you could buy a $20,000 battery for your home. Okay. Type thing. And the whole idea behind this is it's it's the exact same idea as an uninterruptible power supply that we have had for 40 years for your computer or other devices. Okay. And then
3: not only that, but the way that it can be recharged, it includes either
1: like solar panels or wall exactly. outlets and car adapters, which is interesting. So you could just... You can just charge it up by running your power. Because to me, I mean, for the time being, that makes a lot of sense. It's like, okay, well, just make sure it's always fully charged. I don't know. If you you had a fully charged battery, I'm just picturing this, Alan, in the closet of your house. Right. And it's fully charged. You charged it up using just Mm -hmm. your regular, you know, power. Well... I wonder how long it just stays fully charged, or maybe you top it off every once. Well, you a week, just but, leave
2: it as a part of the system, and it always completely one hundred percent charged. Right?
1: Because I like that because you don't have to buy solar panels if you don't right. want. And then, and then what? It to me, it seems like okay. If we get a power outage, well, you know, we've some power outages are more extreme than others. At least it would give you flexibility. You might say, you know what? The, it looks like we're in for the long haul. We're going to pare down, we're going to only plug in the refrigerator, we're going to only prioritize, and then you can get more life out of that battery. I like that system. That sounds good. Well, And they're not the only
2: ones that make them, but I'll throw in, there's another company out there with Delta Pro that actually makes a patio fold-out solar charger. Okay. It's literally designed to just take it out of the closet, walk out on the patio, unfold this baby, and if we're having a big power outage Mm -hmm. and you don't have any power today per se your power went out yesterday well today is a gorgeous warm sunny day keep it charging you, you could be yeah. trickle charging so it like i said there's never going to be a silver bullet answer but there are a lot of great ways of mitigating the inconvenience well joe that
1: was a good text i like that so thanks for thanks for weighing in on that so i think you said uh agent 732 weighed in on something we'll get to we'll get to them when they come back we still don't know whether agent 732 is a he or a she but uh, or alien or alien Uh, you know lizard person for
2: alien i would vote for
1: uh he it could be it who knows so but you said they had something and there's a lot to get to alan we got you know um we we love getting our uh callers and texters Mm, mm, and they mm. always go to the to the top of the list i do notice though that uh jay hill conveniently scooted out of here before he had to weigh in on the Transformers uh, Georgetown statue update. Well, I, I think we ought to get to that when we come back. And Absolutely. That's a quick recap. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at Newstalk 98.9, the Roar of Memphis. What a dynamic and a weird day we have going, mm, and it's not willing. over. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
0: Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. This is what the holidays are all about. Three buddies sitting around chewing gum. Huh? <laughs> News Talk 98.9, the roar
1: of Memphis. In honor of World Mango Day, mm-hmm. yeah, juice and mango-flavored gum. That's Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the holiday I live for, Alan. I am right now. <laughs> and welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer Carpentry and Wood Turning, Here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline, like many people have been doing today. And what's your at,
3: favorite flavor gum?
1: Is it mango or not? Okay, and uh, you know Max just can never move along. For he 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 he. he, he Gets a gag, and he just can't let it go, Alan. So, okay. Uh, but you can get in touch with us if uh, and, and if you want to reprimand Max at 901-683-0989. <laughs> we also invite you to watch the show at the Royal Retreat Studio Cams on the uh, News Talk 98.9 The Roar Facebook page. We also invite you to go over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Give us a like, share the uh, page, and check out the uh, posts we've made there. Uh, which I'm not going to recap. I've already recapped. it. Just go over there and check mm, them out. Mm, you know, it's mm, it's mm, items mm, that we've we've discussed. So and
2: even better, they can tote us around with them. They can pop over to ToolTalkRadio.com. They can visit us on Spotify and YouTube, and feel free to binge tote listen and. Uh, like, subscribe, and all those good things. Yeah,
1: you can you can binge listen. I've heard people say it's good for uh, it's good for putting on, and it gets them in the mood to work on their house. Or, yeah, it's, you good. Know. it's We're good background chatter. Exactly. So you know, and we don't really bother too many people. I mean, <laughs> we try <so>. not to. <laughs> I, I try not to. I can't. You know, Max. He he pushes everybody's buttons. So, That's hey, his job. Uh, we have a follow up report coming in just a minute. But before we get to that, you know, who, uh, you know who else is probably really busy right now? Mm-hmm. Our good buddy Larry Brown with Brown Refrigeration. You know, I saw one of his trucks the other day driving by. And uh, those are good looking trucks. They he, are. Did he upgrade the fleet or something? These are nice. Okay. It was a van. Yeah. So it's like the Memphis Police
3: Department. They're upgrading their cars.
1: These are slick, man. So yeah, he but he's yeah. a very busy man. Yeah. But uh he, he's gotta be busy right now. And um, you know, anytime there's things like this, I wonder how many, you know, H V A C units have been crushed by uh, trees or, you know, whatever but uh, uh
2: worse hit by lightning. Uh, I, or- I it's shocked at how many of those things get electrical damage. I never thought of that. So yeah. yeah,
1: so so he's a busy guy. We got to get him back on the show soon. But uh, if you have any HVAC needs, um, you cannot beat Brown Refrigeration. You want a company that is rock solid, that deals with the latest technology, and is all about the conditioning and cleaning of the air in your home. And I mean, that's what they do. That is their wheelhouse. They are always up to date on the latest uh, with with train. Train is their go to. Uh, supplier and train is another one of those dynamic companies that are always innovating. They're always, I'm amazed at how efficient these systems are, Alan. It's, there's, there's a huge difference between an HVAC system even from, you know, 15 years ago yes, indeed. to today. So, uh you need uh you need your HVAC system running at peak efficiency. And as we've said in the past, it is not just a matter of uh installing a uh, you know nifty new uh HVAC system. Your systems require maintenance. And when we say maintenance, you know, don't get we're talking about really just either tune-ups, a lot of it really just comes down to cleaning and troubleshooting. You want to make sure that that um Your system is set up the right way, Alan. Some people, like, you know, it might be a simple matter of, uh, you know, if you call over for brown refrigeration for a tune-up, they might go over and say, you know, you you might want to pay attention to this. Your shrubs are growing right into the side of your system. A lot of it is just pointing out problems to avoid problems. You know what I mean, Alan? So it's like kind of a... that's what they're all about, or, you know, having, giving it enough space in your attic and things like that. So when we talk about maintenance, it's really just staying on top of it because you want it to run at peak efficiency. And of course, you want to adapt the Remy Halo system with your HVAC system because that is a, using the UV power of the sun, it, uh, it's, it's just a cool, cool device and it, uh, It cleans all of the air that comes out of your system and all of the cleaning. It it has cleaning particulates, so every surface that this air lands on is being cleaned. Uh, Mm -hmm. Great people over at uh, Brown Refrigeration. We can't sing their praises high enough, and they answer their phones. So uh, even in these situations, so give them a call. You can get in touch with them at 901-362-1881 or go to their very easy-to-remember website, brownref.com. All right, Max, uh, we have a follow-up report to get to. The truth is out there.
0: Fluoride is used by the communists to control our minds. No, it's not. Fact. Space does not exist. Fact. Bears eat beets. Oh, bears
3: beets Battlestar Galactica. Bears do not...
1: What is going on? What are you doing? You know, Max will make a conspiracy out of anything. uh, I don't know if this is a conspiracy, Max, but you may be onto something. I don't care. I just wanted to push the button. Okay. (laughs) Well, hey, if you are new to Tool Talk Radio or if you're a regular, you know, um, if you heard, I want to say this is about a a report we did about two months ago, Alan, and it's all about... uh, A doctor, a Georgetown professor named Newton Howard. He's uh, age 53. The guy's a geek. You know, he's one of us. Mm, Uh, mm, And mm, he mm. lives in a $3.7 million uh, townhome right there in the historic district of Georgetown. And uh, that's sort of the... That
2: is the key magic words to this story. And
1: uh, he ran afoul of the Homeowners Association. Well, I should say, when we talk about the Homeowners uh, Board, it's literally three people on this board. It's not true to say that um you know Well, okay. he
2: ran of the historic district
1: the historic district but also just the, the okay anyway he has two giant statues no, he of has three uh, well i know get, get hold on <laughs> he, he has uh, out in the front of his house he has a statue of bumblebee and uh, Optimus Prime that were made out of recycled car parts. Yes. However, these are beautiful. These are well-made, well-crafted statues and up on the roof he has another statue of Optimus Prime uh looking over the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he's been fighting an uphill battle to keep these statues out right. in front of his uh out in front of his home because basically the they're, they're creating traffic issues people are driving by to come look at them the homeowners association which i say, as i say are three people right are telling me you got to get rid of these things um a lot of neighbors really like them a lot of the young people in the neighborhood like them yeah. well he's gone up to so the update we have Alan, is uh he's had to go to the city he's he's basically lost all of his appeals the even the city said you're going to have to take these things down and um he's still plans to fight though but um there's a great quote that I wanted to read to you I was this, waiting for this Well he he decided to get some uh, help in his mm-hmm. in his battle He's had vo- okay yeah, you know the sto- the show um the Mandalorian Yes You know the woman that plays the armor gosh I'm sorry I can't remember her name but the actress that plays yes. the armor yeah. uh has weighed in She wants the statues kept for whatever good that uh, did. Uh, okay uh, the the voice actor that plays Optimus Prime and Bumblebee they they want it well, he even enlisted the the help of uh, shadow senator Paul Strauss. He's his he's he's his legal advocate on this. So his his legal argument. <laughs> he said, here's his quote that he that he told to the court, "You talk about compatibility with a historic district? Technically, these guys are millennia old. I mean, they're prehistoric." <laughs> So his appeal was that that Optimus Prime and Bumblebee, technically, if you know anything about the Transformers, are over a thousand years old, and by virtue of that, that uh, you should they should be allowed to stay in the historic district. I suppose the counter argument would be, <laughs>
3: well, how about the make and model that they're manifesting in yeah, at this I, current I, I would, time? I
2: would like to see the um, um, <laughs> the Hasbro trademark. As this is, is an elected senator
1: about, that right? that came up with that
2: defense, I, and I and know. we wonder
1: what's wrong with our country. I know, so, but I um. I, I gotta give it to him on that. That's pretty creative. Uh, th- I don't know if it, it nice persuaded I, I'm the gonna judge. mark
2: that down as nice <laughs> try.
1: Nice try,
2: um, I don't dude. Know. I uh, totally am down with what you're <laughs> trying to do, but again, know your know where you're moving into. You moved into the historic district.
1: It's true. Yeah, I, uh, I'm
2: d- sorry. You, you tried. We like it. But I am positive. Now, because I, I got to agree with you, Joe. These are not th- these are not something he ordered
6: off well, of, nice. you know,
2: dirtcheap.com someplace. Right. These things are some money. These are really nice statues.
3: Yeah. My question is, where are they going to go now?
2: I, well, you I... know, there's got to be a park or a green area, sure. a public area where they would stop jacking up the street and everybody could enjoy them. No, because they are quite amazing.
3: He can't have him on the outside, but what if they had him on the inside, like with their arms crossed and like keeping guard, so that if any thief <laughs> try to break in?
2: Now, if he wanted to put him inside the house, there would not have been a problem.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And and the other question is, what about the one on the roof? What does that violate? Because the the beef was this is violate. This is uh, a. It's they're dangerous because they could tip over. Or so I don't know. They 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 the yeah. photo ops and everybody they're, they're was stopping, dangerous because so.
2: there's a lot of people wandering around this historic street
1: and you know naturally I'm I'm on the side of this doctor however I'm starting to wonder if he's really got a I mean I think he's starting to really like all the attention he's getting out of well, this yeah. he's kind of an attention you know grabber yeah, but well. uh, I don't know I mean um, it, the, the thing is it did open up a bigger conversation about what constitutes art because you know. For years, Alan, geek art was not taken serious, even though you know, we know some really talented artists, amazing. comic book artists Truly and everything. Amazing. And so if nothing else, maybe it gives credibility to the fact that that geeks create beautiful art. So,
2: so I, I think there's a green space somewhere nearby I think so. that they would be perfect for.
1: I think so. Somehow at the end of this, it's, it's going to happen. What I wonder is this guy, I wonder if he's setting up a scenario where it, he's going to force the city to forcibly remove them and then are we going to have people like you know blocking the uh the the bulldozers or oh. something are they going to tie themselves to Optimus Prime and Not let him be. I don't know. The drama continues. The drama
2: continues. And it's
1: a shame Jay Hill scooted out of here because I would have really liked to have him weigh in. (laughs) He he ran. He conveniently ran away. So, okay. (laughs) Hey, Alan, we got a lot to get to. We're going to quickly get to our must-have item of the week when we come back. And then we're going to get to our great moments in building building history where we uh, celebrate the Eiffel Tower. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Extraordinary events call for extraordinary actions. Will you form an allegiance sure. to use sudden violence? Okay. Do you have the tools to turn a wooden mop handle into a stake? Which size? News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis.
1: You know, when uncovering a conspiracy, Alan, you need, you know, loyal. Oil well, followers like that. They don't ask questions. They just get the job done. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back to uh, Tool Talk Radio coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, carpentry and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. We also invite you to go to the uh, Royal Retreat Studio Cams on the News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, and watch the show. You can see uh, two-thirds of the show. Max is not on camera, unfortunately, so uh, you won't see what he looks like, but you can watch Alan and I do the show. Don't do it while you're driving, of course. Yeah, please don't. Yes. Um, and then after that, go over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and check out the post that we've made over there. Uh, we, we have a lot to get to, uh, Alan, but you said uh, Max, is Agent 732 uh, caffeinated this morning? It sounds like... Oh. Now what what do they have to say?
3: All right. Well, Agent 732 wanted to comment on the HOA business with the Transformers. They said, well, I would never advocate such a thing. But there was a guy who got revenge on his HOA. They didn't like his bushes, so he planted endangered bushes. They couldn't make him dig up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hey. Okay. Boom. Okay. Well, for one thing, Agent 732, I don't know where you get your information. I'm sure that's true, but... uh, you know, for one thing, Agent Seven Three Two has way too much time on their hand to. to, to <laughs> I'm do. just I'm just but, sitting
2: here thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking Optimus Prime is now going to be holding a handful of.
1: No, that's <laughs> not what I was gonna. Okay, for one thing, I salute that person's ingenuity. That is a smart yeah. move. If you put it in. Whoa. Okay, by that by by that reasoning, though, people that know about the Transformers know that they are basically. You talk about an endangered. An endangered species. Is it right to call the uh you know to call uh, these them are
2: statues of, not the real ones.
1: Yeah, but you, you well, hey, Alan, we don't know that. We don't know if they could become <laughs> self aware. It maybe that's the approach they should have done in their defense. Is these are these are endangered uh uh really I mean, the, aliens the, that we need to protect and I mean help. the Decepticons are constantly after them. Yeah, I mean they're they're basically what do you call that refugees?
2: Yeah, yeah from a yeah. distant you, let, planet. Let me know how this argument works. <laughs> I mean it can't be any worse than the the fact that they're
1: a thousand years old and they need to fit oh. in. I mean they're they're gonna try anything. They're gonna I throw know. anything they can up against the wall. All oh. right, Agent Seven Three Two, that that was a good one. I begrudgingly will give you that <laughs> one. Hey Alan, in a minute we we really man we got stuff to get to I here. Know. But uh, before we get to uh, our great moments in building history, uh, talk to us about the uh, Royal Retreat.
2: Well, you know, in and every, and every lifetime, you reach a point where you probably need a little help. Yeah. Yep. Uh, family dynamics, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, the Royal Retreat is an adult assisted living. And Joe, you and I have said this probably a thousand times on this show, and that's get a plan.
1: Absolutely. Do so not wait. In all last aspects minute. of life. Yes.
2: Yep. Do not wait to the last minute. Um, if you have these type of uh, family dynamics coming up, mm-hmm. go down, take a tour, ask questions, get a plan together, know, it, know what you're going to be doing.
1: Absolutely. Um,
2: so uh, it is a truly lovely facility. It is very conveniently located off of uh, 385 right there at Kirby Parkway between uh, Germantown and Collierville right off of Knight Arnold Road. Uh, As a matter of fact, they can reach them. Their office is 901 563 2210 And Lana Candela is the Community Relations Director. And they are more than happy to answer questions, give you a tour, show you around the place. You know, get a plan. Have uh, have options and answers.
1: It's always, you know, I find it very uh, liberating and empowering when you have a plan. I mean, there's some things where... Uh, maybe you don't want to think about that, but you I, when, once you start approaching it, it—I know it sounds crazy, huh? but it becomes a fun process. So, especially if you drop by, you see what great facilities they have, and, and you start to think, okay, this is this is a comfortable, great option for my family. It is, so, it is know. indeed, absolutely. So, uh, well, we love them at the Royal Retreat. I do question their judgment, though, of sponsoring the. Uh, the uh, studio cams, Alan. Is that the is that the uh, look they want <laughs> for their well, business? Putting us on the. I mean, on it's the, younger than most of the people at <laughs> <paint> the house. <laughs> Are we the face that they want representing their company? Well, they, too late now. So, but now we we love them over at the uh, Royal Retreat, <clears throat> and definitely check it out. Gorgeous facility. Indeed. So, all right, Max. Uh, it's time. Let's do it. And now, great moments in building history. Well, Alan, I mean, uh, it, we've been doing great moments in building history. I think we're almost a year now. We've been doing it quite mm-hmm. a while. We knew we would get to this day. We knew this this uh, structure would be discussed, but it's time. So we're going to discuss the Eiffel Tower. Do we even have to tell people what the Eiffel Tower is? I I well, dare say. It's you... a thing in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, they do have one in Vegas. <laughs> they don't do they? have one in Vegas, okay. yeah. but, but, Alan, the bigger thing here is... Okay, everybody knows the Eiffel Tower. Maybe they don't know the history. Maybe they don't know the hubbub. That, what was this it created. supposed to be? Maybe they don't know the revolution in steelwork that yes. this ushered in. So these are the kind of things we want to lean into today. Well, so Let's
2: start with what was it meant to be? What, Talk to me. Why was it built?
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: we have talked about this World's Fair repeatedly. Yeah. Because we had the uh, uh, 1889... Uh, The World's Fairs that happened between about 1870 and 1910 were honestly world-changing World's Fairs every single time.
1: Every time there were innovations that came and, and, you know.
2: Massive innovations.
1: That changed the culture, really.
2: Well, 1889, two years before then, they said, we want the grandest entrance ever. Right. (laughs)
1: Right.
0: Okay. So
2: of uh, the Eiffel Corporation, who was experimental in the fact that they built things out of metal.
1: Well, think about it. Back uh, then, that, I mean, that was yeah. a
2: big thing. Right. And of uh, okay, and then the next big um, place where you can lose some money of uh, is Eiffel owned the company. Eiffel did not design the tower.
1: Oh, now we've been given Eiffel all sorts of credit for. So he was the artist Eiffel
2: approve the design.
1: But was he was he involved in the engineering or well, something? Well, he was, I mean, but this Maurice This is a structural yes, thing. Yes, but too. Maurice
2: Coakland okay. was the senior engineer that actually did the bulk of the work. Okay. And then uh Emile Nouguier of uh, was the architect involved on it and Stephen Sauvestre was also a consultant with all of the sketching. And of Mr. Eiffel was the gentleman who coordinated it all and brought the final vision completely together.
1: Hmm, I didn't know that. But you know what? Okay, so he's like, is it safe to call? He's kind of like the conductor of a He was of a indeed. Symphony, so, and okay.
2: he was also involved in a lot of other projects. Yeah, Like, oh, I don't know, the Statue of Liberty of uh, he his name pops up in association with a lot of construction you, i will this say this
1: because in defense of this because you know it might be easy to say well gosh you know he gets all the credit or whatever well you know what um uh we saw what happened with poor mr ferris who designed the ferris wheel he was so laser focused on that ferris wheel that all his other business went to pot well, right. and he went right. bankrupt and lost everything so I thought his wife even divorced him too yeah or- so M- mr Eiffel, i guess Knew how to take care of business and get projects. Done, a, a little so.
2: better business,
1: man. right? Okay, yes. gotcha.
2: Uh, so let's let's talk about some specs of this thing. Got built in. Uh, no, well, one nobody thought it could be built in the time he had.
1: Yeah, how how long? Because you don't have a lot of time with these. He only had fares. a couple of years,
2: right? He only had a couple of years. So, what is it? Uh two years, two months, and five days.
1: <laughs> exactly, down to the um, day. Yeah,
2: they moved seventy seven thousand three hundred tons of iron, installed two point five million rivets, and used forty tons of paint. Paint. Oh, they got forty paint this tons thing too. Of That's right. Paint. Yeah. Well, the, I guess what I'm
1: wondering back then, Alan, because I guess the one advantage with a structure like this is you can basically stack it. Right, you start building and you just. Stack your uh, way up. You well, still got to get beams up in the air right. though. It was how built in three work? phases. And I, I guess I'm wondering how he had cranes and things like well, that.
2: Well, you were... know, he really got into the whole back balance cantilever and the modern style of building of basically the scaffolding. Right. All the way up and As around it, go. much like we saw when we were renovating the Statue of Liberty.
1: So they used scaffolding to. They
2: used a lot, a lot of major construction ideas, including safety ideas, really came to play building this structure.
1: Well, you know, as 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 you got me thinking about this, Alan, man, I would not want to f- this seems really dangerous. And, you know, like you said, the people around, if you look at the skyline at that point, there was nothing even close to this height. I no. mean And suddenly we're going to put this thing right up in the middle. I could see why there's objections.
2: You know, and here's this guy going, okay, 300 meters in the air. That's about 985 feet. Right. So, I mean, this guy's like 300 meters. Now, here's the kicker. This is how good Eiffel and his team was. Yeah. They understood the steel was going to move.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's not as rigid and,
2: yeah. It was designed to actually shrink. Interesting. In the they built that into
1: the, to the In the cold
2: of winter, it can actually be six inches shorter. That much? Than it is, and yes. Holy smokes. And because of the way they designed it, it hasn't fallen apart. No, it was only designed to be there for 20 years.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. So this was something, and then who gets the job of it tearing was coming it down. down? So Well, okay. they
2: were going to tear it down. However, the Telegraph Company... Mm-hmm. Was was coming in, and you know the whole idea of communications and wireless communications came in. So Eiffel ran out there and stuck an antenna on top no of it, and went, "Check it out, guys!" Yeah. There's
3: actually an anime that I watched where there's like a mo- where they're talking about like radio communications, and the thing the tower they're building looks very much like the Eiffel Tower. I guess you couldn't get a better
1: antenna.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. So. Well, it, because of the design. It doesn't fall apart.
1: Okay. Well, there's a lot of little intricacies here uh, with the Eiffel Tower, and we're going to dive into a few more of those when we come back here on Tool Talk Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
0: Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. This is getting out of hand. Now there are two of them. News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. No, it's been out of hand for a while, and that
1: doesn't <laughs> even include Max over there. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com. And our pal, Max, over there behind the glass. So those
3: guys left me out of the count. Yeah,
1: I mean, where do they get up? Well, he's like, you know, it's kind of like the Sith Lord behind the scenes that you're not supposed to be acknowledged. So, so I'm doing my job. You're doing your job. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we invite you to go to the Royal Retreat Studio Cams over on the News Talk 98.9 The Roar Facebook page and watch the show, and then also go over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Check out the interesting posts we've made, and like the page, and join the Tool Talk Radio family. In a minute, we're going to get back to our great moments in building history. Alan, I have a shameless plug that I want to throw out mm. there real quick. Actually, it's it's it, it ties into Tool Talk as well, but uh, as people know, we uh, run the uh, Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention, which is coming up November 10th through 12th, and we have an interesting, op- uh, interesting tie-in this year. We're partnering with all of the stations here at Cumulus to uh uh promote. We're, we're cross-promoting and everything. Mm-hmm. But um also it's a we have new opportunities to promote your business. Uh we have a new business. Um I hope to bring them on next week, Alan. I told you they 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 work in uh they have a really unique nursery. Can't give the name out today, but it's uh very unique plants and they're going to be set up at the kind convention tiny, with these even. Yeah, yeah, with these cool plants. And we'll 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 give you all the information hopefully next week. But if you want to get involved and promote your business in unique and fun ways at the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention, get in touch with me directly. Uh you can call me at 901-921-7105 uh, or go to my website. Thorshomes.com and shoot me a message through the contact page. So, and Alan, while we're shamelessly promoting, before we get out of here, why don't you uh, tell us what's going on with uh, Dark Oak Media this week?
2: So. Alrighty, Well, Dark Oak Media, of course, of, uh, you know, I, we just got to love Norway, Joe. Uh, Norway keeps... Um, Are they
1: weighing in? and uh, they're... Well,
2: they're actually growing as a part of our listener base. It's cool. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, New Zealand, you have some competition coming from Norway. Okay. So, welcome to uh, ToolTalkRadio.com over at Uh All the shows are doing well there. And for Dark Oak Media overall, the the big hit is still the types of people you meet, and it came from the international market. Right. And neither uh, of
1: which have, you've been sued over yet. Which no, surprises me, we're so. not going to be sued over those. We're well, having a good time. Okay.
2: We we celebrate unique snack foods from around the world, and you get to get an honest opinion from our panelists what they thought
1: of it. Okay. Well, there you go. So get in touch with uh, – check out com, and also uh, get in touch with Alan if you're, you know, if you like weird content or you produce weird content, he'll probably put you on the show. So uh, We've, we've, we've
2: <laughs> helped a few people find their way.
1: Uh, very good, sir. So, okay, Alan, before the break, we were talking about the Eiffel Tower. And, you know, really, I mean, we don't really need to get in. Everybody knows the Eiffel Tower, I dare say. I do have a quick question. Did it have an elevator right out of the gate? Uh, because elevators were sort of a new thing. I want to say it had stairs originally, didn't it? Uh, Uh, it still has stairs. Well, I knew that, but I mean, did it have... That would definitely help
2: in the construction. Well, I know in the second floor uh, it housed businesses. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there there were businesses there. Of there's a penthouse apartment at the top. Um, Really? Yep. There's a champagne bar at the top. Huh. Of so there's some some odd things. At one point in time, it was a post office. There was a theater in it. and hey, it's got an antenna because i mean you can't
1: get a better and, and, broadcast and
2: i'm going to say no it did not and i could be very wrong on this but because it was the gateway when it originally opened for the mm-hmm. world's fair it was the gateway you, you walked, walked underneath through it. it yeah so i don't think i don't think it had an elevator at that point
1: Okay. Could you? Oh, okay. Never mind. We'll, uh, people could research that. The yep. bigger thing, Alan, is what a what a construction project this was. And I mean, the more I think about it, because man, you got to take yourself back. It. it I, I don't know the infrastructure of the city. I don't know how far it was from railway railway lines. They had to get the steel over there. This, the how did they do this. this in two years? It really. There was something in the air back then. I don't know how half of this stuff got built. <laughs> you know. Well,
2: I mean, it, 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 how it got built is I'm I'm gonna put it down. I'm gonna call it ant mentality.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Because what you, if you've ever watched, you know, ants doing their thing, they kind of at first they look real scattered everywhere, mm-hmm. and then as they figure out the shortest, most efficient ways of doing stuff, right. they streamline. Yeah, and a project like this. I'm sure when they finally got the railway lined up, they got the logistics lined up, they got the steel being shipped in at the proper time, we had so many rivets on hand every given day, X number of people showed up for work every day, the shifts changed over. So I'm sure this thing was absolute bedlam at the beginning, but I'm sure it very rapidly settled into kind of a... a, of efficient mechanism that got this thing built. And the other thing is everybody wanted to build this. Everybody involved. There were wow. detractors. There were people that didn't want it built.
1: Well, I'm sure the citizens had their opinions because they're like, man, I had this uh, I was, have this great, nice little place here, and now you're building this giant well, monstrosity right next to my business. Or there, there
2: was a 300-person petition about getting rid of it However, the the average person thought this was great because it meant the as this thing was going up, got to keep in mind, the bigger the Eiffel Tower got, mm-hmm. the more excited people got because that meant you were that much closer to having the world's fair.
1: Well, I guess that's true, and that's good for everybody. So it know. was
2: kind of like watching those are we met our goal yet <laughs> um. kind of things because you knew when this thing got done, right. It was it was it was fair time.
1: Yeah, that's and the true. whole
2: world was coming to Paris to celebrate how magnificent the world was.
1: I I do have a so this is I have an aesthetic question for you, Alan, because if you look around the skyline, okay, now I don't know what you might deem, what what type of art you might deem this, but I can relate to this. When I was a kid uh, in Chicago, they were putting up all of these. Well, they put up a, a fair number of these more modern. Um, steel, you could call them art pieces. They put, especially the one that they put up for, um, uh, what is the guy's name? You know, um, uh, who's that modernist art? I don't know why I'm forgetting the, um, I'll, I'll come up with it. But, uh, anyway, they put up all these structures and, and initially they, um, Picasso—that's who it was. Right. They Picasso. They had because I guess Picasso had Chicago roots. They put up one in particular that was supposed to be a, a woman, and too many. And the feminists thought it looked like a dog. I hate to say uh, it. it. It caused an uproar. However, it it was hated when it went up, and now people really like it, and it it was appreciated. And uh, I guess what I'm wondering is, did was there a similar vibe here where they're like saying this doesn't fit the aesthetic of the Paris skyline or something like were there art. Artistic objections to this, I suppose. Uh, like, in
2: Well, again, several different I mean, designs. very different. It so. was very different. But, you know, because of what it was symbolizing, everybody yeah. was really looking forward to the World Fair. Yeah. Now, once it was done, again, it was only supposed to be, it was only leased for 20 years. So, at the end of this, it was going to come it down. down. It was oh, going to come down. Yeah. Of however it turned out technology-wise... Again, technology came along within 10 years that said, hey, we need to put antennas as high up as we can get them, which bought him another 70-year lease. Oh, wow. And, of course, by the end of the 70-year lease, the the Eiffel Tower's going nowhere.
1: No, now it's a historic land. It is yeah. to the
2: point where even the lights, the light configuration of the... Of of the Eiffel Tower, yeah. is actually copyrighted. Oh, interesting! So you cannot steal the the nighttime image of the Eiffel Tower because it is a copywritten image. Isn't that? So, it looks cool when it's lit up at night. No, too, well, we've so, talked yeah. about the power of lighting in the right. past, yeah. And when you think about what the Eiffel Corporation did, and as they really did not make a misstep.
1: It sounds like he was a smart business person, and that accounts for a lot of the reasons. That's why he was able to get involved with the Statue of Liberty and all these other projects. You so know, the I'll Eiffel, give him credit. He, he knew his business. So. Well, they
2: were also really good at bridges. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, his corporation was involved in any number of buildings, a lot of things, and they did a lot of smart little things like engraving the names of famous scientists all over it. Ah. So you could go around. if you were a Dumas fan, you could walk around until you find Dumas's engraving. Of uh, the other thing they did very good job of was keeping it up. Right. Every seven years, it gets a new coat of paint.
1: I was going to say, who's in charge of the maintenance on this thing? It would be and... the, Eif- the okay. Eiffel
2: Tower Corporation or the, the Preservation Society now. I
1: don't know. You know, I've got to admit, I've never been to uh, France, so I don't know what to, But it's got to be cool to see in person. It's I
2: 300 mean, meters tall. This thing is huge.
1: Yeah. And it, it's kind of—you know, sometimes we talk about art for the sake of art. I mean, really, is it, it is. it's an art piece, right?
2: It is. I mean— it is exactly a, a giant
1: art piece it's it's cool i mean it it is a great structure and and it spawned quite a bit of other you know i don't want to say copycat but it 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 just spawned a new way of thinking about steel construction and what you can do and i mean 98 how, so what it, uh, you said three hundred and something meters tall. What three hundred
2: meters tall? It's nine hundred eighty five feet.
1: Am I wrong? Isn't that the, the like the equivalent of like a eighty story building or something? It if...
2: was one of the world's tallest structures for a very long time. Okay, very
1: interesting. So, well, Alan, I mean, there's more to be said, but uh, we can't because we don't have any more time. So, <laughs> what an interesting show today, though. We're but fast uh, two hours. This one is one for the books. But it's time to get out of here, Alan. So, on behalf of my buddy Alan Gilbert and our pal. Max over there behind the glass. I'm Joe Thorderson. Thanks for listening to Tool Talk Radio, and we'll see you next week.